This is a GRDC podcast. Fertiliser represents 20 to 25% of the variable costs of growing grain crops. The bad news is that this proportion is likely to increase, with more demand from the soil for applied nitrogen in particular. So finding the most efficient use of every kilogram of nitrogen has never been more important. Researchers from the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries at Wagga Wagga have been trialling several different application methods, testing their nitrogen use efficiency. Now recently I caught up with DPI research agronomist Graham Sandrell and began by asking him about the motivation behind his research. We were interested in doing the research primarily because our mineralisation rates in our soils are halving every 20 to 30 years. So what that means for our growers is that they will need to find more nitrogen through bagged fertiliser into the future. And that means an increased cost for our growers. So what we're interested in doing is saying, well, can we drive some efficiencies in the use of that nitrogen fertiliser that help reduce those costs. So that was the context of this work. And you've been doing trials for a couple of years now, is that right? Yes, we're in our third year. So we've looked at um, mid-row banding, which is a technique of applying the nitrogen between every second row for, this is our third year, and we've mostly looked at wheat, but this year we're also looking at canola, and we're also going to have a look at recovery of that nitrogen from banded fields as well. What do you mean by recovery? So what's left over in the following year? So what farmers, I think, are interested in is driving efficiency in the year of application and seeing if there are any additional efficiencies that might apply in subsequent years. Now, you're particularly interested, as you said, in mid-row banding, but that wasn't the only application method you were testing. No, what we thought we should do is look at a range of techniques to compare against mid-row banding. So we looked at incorporated by sowing, so where the nitrogen's applied just in front of the seeder and, and mixed in at sowing. We also applied nitrogen at stem elongation, DC30. So that's commonly used through this area where it's just spread on the surface and washed in with rain. And then the other technique we used, which is not used at all, is deep placement of nitrogen. And the deep placement of nitrogen was trying to bury the nitrogen below the microbial layer so that we could hold it in the ammonium form for longer. You were testing, as we've already mentioned, mid-row banding. How did that come up compared to incorporate by sowing? In the wet year of 2016, what we found was mid-row banding nitrogen and the application of nitrogen at stem elongation, those two techniques were the best strategy in that particular year. And that the poorest strategy that we tested in that year was IBS, the incorporated by sowing. When we came to the dry year of 2017, mid-row banding again was number one, but this time IBS was number one with it. So they were both the same. But DC30 was in third place and we had the added treatment of deep placement in that dry year and it was in fourth place, the deep placement of nitrogen. Are you talking about yield there in terms of first, second, third, fourth place? Yes, we're talking about yield and we're talking about profitability. So mid-row banding was the only treatment that held up in 2016 and 17 as number one performer. 
How significant were the differences? If we compare the two best treatments, mid-row banning and IBS, we found that mid-row banning produced a net return of $969 when we looked at 100% of maximum yield, and IBS returned $937 when we looked at 100% of maximum yield. The other numbers that we looked at is if we said, well, what if you produced, say, 95% of maximum yield? So at that level, mid-row banding produced $921 per hectare, and IBS produced $890 per hectare. And then the final number we looked at was, what if you were chasing protein and you wanted to target 13% protein? The mid-row banding returned $963 per hectare, and the IBS returned $909 per hectare. So there was a difference in each case that favoured mid-row banding, and those differences were slightly larger or slightly smaller, but in each case, mid-row banding returned more. So what is it about mid-row banding that actually brings it up there and makes it really worth considering? Well, I think what we're targeting with mid-row banding by applying nitrogen in every second row on a at sowing in a mid-row band is that creates a hostile environment for the microbes to nitrify that nitrogen into nitrate. And what happens is the process gets stalled and the nitrogen's held in the ammonium form for a lot longer. The ammonium form, ammonia is positively charged, so it doesn't leach through the soil readily. It doesn't go through a process of denitrification because there's no oxygen molecule that the microbes can use, whereas nitrate being negatively charged can washed, has an oxygen molecule that microbes can use in nitrogen-limiting conditions such as waterlogging. So there's those things that can save on losses. And the other thing about mid-row banding is that it's drilled into the soil below the stubble layer and you avoid immobilisation losses. Is there a significant machinery issues associated with it? How is it actually done practically? Yeah, there's a few growers using mid-row banders around here and they use them for various reasons. The bander goes on usually the front of the air seeder and is fed by a third bin and that means that you're putting a lot of your nitrogen up front. A lot of growers use it in canola because they're happy to apply nitrogen in higher rates on canola without incurring any penalty, say, from haying off. Some growers are doing this because, say, for around the Henty area here, waterlogging's an issue and getting onto their country in winter can be um, tricky. Other people have large areas and sometimes they want to get a proportion of their crop with nitrogen in it so that later on the scale of operations reduced. And the third reason is that people are looking to avoid seed damage so that if they've got to put more nitrogen up front because our mineralisation rates are getting lower, with that higher level of nitrogen up front you can get some seed damage on grains if they're drilled too close to seed. So does midrow banding replace the need to do that in-crop second application of nitrogen? In this work, we tested it to do it as a full replacement. So there was no other nitrogen applied. So it was all up front in the mid-row band. But it doesn't mean that growers have to do that. They can still split application. And a lot of growers around here do. They'll put some on at sowing and then come and top up um, during the winter. They use different techniques. Some spread in front of the cedar. Some it's just at sowing in the sowing operation itself. This is at sowing but through a mid-row bander in every second row. And the aim of that is to get that 
concentration up high so you can reduce the microbial activity around the around the band. Well, we haven't talked about rates, so what sort of rate are you suggesting? Well, it's interesting you mention rates because the most important thing is getting your nitrogen rate right. And for wheat, that ranges in the literature and our own work between 40 and 45 kilograms a tonne of wheat is what the crop needs. You can subtract off that the amount that's mineralised pre-sowing and during the growing season and then you're applying the balance in, in fertiliser. So that's that's the target and it's very important to try and hit you know those sort of targets as a strategy year in, year out probably except for maybe drought years where you get less takeoff in drought years and you get higher mineralisation rates after drought years. So you're suggesting a strategic approach rather than a tactical approach? I think strategic approach is a great approach to have and you would use tactical situations where, for example, down here, you might have extra wet season, higher premiums for protein or yield that you want to chase. So you would always look to be somewhat tactical in opportunistic situations, but there's a longer-term strategy that you've got to have around nitrogen applications. Okay. Well, just to wind up, what do you think are the key take-home messages from the research that you've done so far? I think the key take-home messages are, one, get your nitrogen rate right. That's the most important thing. There's no big news in that in the sense that it's in that 40 to 45 kilograms a tonne of wheat range that there are some additional efficiency to, to be gained by using some strategies in the south. That's often not the case in the north, but in the south here there are opportunities to improve efficiency and mid-row banding may well be one of those because it was our best strategy in 2016, the wet year, and our best strategy in 2017 in, in the dry year. And we're also going to look at recovery of nitrogen from these bands in a subsequent year so that we can pick up if there's additional money to be made in a second crop year from banding strategies. That was Graham Sandrell. Graham is a research agronomist with the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries at Wagga Wagga.